Welcome gamers, this week's episode of Last Call Gaming, we're on episode number 165. Today is April 11th, my name is Craig Prowse, and joining me today, my brother, Gino Prowse, looking spiffy, looking clean, looking classy. Hey, I got the call, came straight from work, hey, gotta nice. do. How was work today? Busy. Busy. Yeah, you said that earlier, but like, did some crazy nonsense happen, <coughs> everybody come in trying to cash no, their 401ks? It's just because I had to call off yesterday, it just ruins, not ruins, but I have to like, re-do my whole week, and it just makes it... Uh, a little bit of shuffle. Really just hey, gotta play the game. Piles it up. So, again, guys, apologies that our episode didn't come out a little sooner during the weekend like it should have. But uh, my main topic, like you'll see, is going to be about the Mario movie. So instead of putting a kind of review out there with maybe some slight spoilers, we decided to give it another day or two, let people go see it over the weekend, and um, have its chance to kind of build up. So that is why the episode's a little bit late. Apologies for that. But if you guys are watching the YouTube version of the show, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Uh, share it with a friend, hit the notification bell. If you guys are interested in following us on any of our social networks, our Linktree link is in the description of the YouTube video. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, check us out on whatever podcast platform you uh, prefer of your choice. We're pretty much on all the good ones out there. So <laughs> The ones that count. Yeah, all the ones that matter in life. So uh, before we get into our main topics, guys, we'd like to, what are you up to? We take a second to kind of just catch up for the week. What have you been watching? What have you been playing since, you know, you are the guest today? Uh, what have you been up to, man? Starting any order? I'll tell you, break one before. <laughs> so I'll start with the game I'm playing. So I'm right now. I'm playing Nino Kuni 2, uh, published by Bandai Namco, developed by Level Five. Originally released on March 22nd on the PS4, which is the original way that I did get to play it. It re-released the Prince's Edition on Game Pass March 21st, 2023. Nice five years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got really good reviews. Nine out of ten on Steam. Nine out of ten Nintendo Life. 87% on Open Critic. Um, it's considered a masterpiece, but it's not considered better than number one by most people. I think there's an argument there. Playing it for the second time and playing it right after number one, I actually like number two a little bit better. I'm about 22 hours into it. The more I'm playing, all the flashbacks are coming back from when I had originally played. But those of you who don't know, it's about uh, the human you played this time is Roland. He gets transferred into Ding Dong Dale. Uh, <laughs> Ding Dong Dale. Where uh, Evan, this time, is the main protagonist. He's about to go through his uh, coronation when the rats do a coup and they kind of overthrow everything. So the story kind of starts out from there with Evan and Roland going on to make Evan a king again and kind of the adventure that takes place from there. The only thing is this time uh, it has some people from Studio Ghibli, but it's actually not a Studio Ghibli collaboration like the other one is, but you can't tell. I mean, it is still just as beautiful as the other one. You look like you're playing an anime. I highly recommend it. To me, uh, it's better than one. I'll probably get slack for that, but it's it's a good game. Um, as far as movies, I just got to see the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I got to watch that with Renee, Denny, and Dante came down from, uh, Vegas. Um, trailer looked amazing. I was really hyped to go see it. Um, the main question I think everyone has is if you're not a D&D fan, can non-D&D fans go watch it? And the answer is absolutely, uh, yes. They explain enough and, and make it quirky enough to where we didn't have a problem. That was the main thing Denny's like, am I going to like it? I'm like, yeah, you, you should. It, without giving too much away, it is way funnier than I thought. The only thing is it was kind of slow for me to get into it. I was like, eh, this is okay so far. But this uh, uh, Reggae John Page um, from Bridgerton, I've never seen him anything else, but in this dude, he plays um, like a pen and paper paladin. How You know how they're 
They're very straightforward and they're very stoic. Uh, yeah, he this guy overplays it so fucking perfectly that it got me into it. And then for, as soon as he came on board, I wish there was more of him. But the whole movie just kind of clicked for me, dude. It has everything you want. It has the dungeons. It has the dragons. It has um, some lore in it with like the Harper stuff is in there. And it has a lot of the creatures that you want to see. Um, I think everybody acted very very well, and it was way funnier than I thought. It, I don't drink too much during movies, but I was with the six. Dude, we had we had <laughs> yeah, I learned my six lesson. beers talking seven, but we had such an awesome time watching it. Uh, the only thing that was kind of interesting is we were finishing the movie, we went to the bathroom, and we're we're go and this guy comes in with a fucking D and D like a popcorn holder. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Do you bring that? He's like, no, they sell them. I'm like, they didn't tell me shit. So I went back out there, and I'm like, how many you got left? And he's like, uh, six. I, I bought them all, and I'm you know, sorry for the people coming after me, but I know they're limited, so I bought one for our D&D group. I want to make sure Craig got one. I want to make sure Gantenbine gets one, so there's a surprise for you, buddy. Uh, Dante, Denny, me, and then I got uh, uh, Sherry one. So good movie. Uh, the, they did have a cool collector D20 one that I guess Vegas was selling and stuff. People already eBaying it for $100. Yeah, I I've seen that. We had that one, but the, the helmet, the one we got of the dragon is good, and he's in the movie, dude, and he's... He's perfect, dude. Me and Danny were dying when that thing came on, on screen. It was So I highly recommend go and watch it. Give this movie the money it deserves. Nice. Awesome. I, I haven't seen it yet. And I've been, I'm, I'm going to, but I was talking to TK. I was playing Halo with TK earlier, and he was like... You still haven't seen it? No, because we were supposed to go this weekend, and oh, this weekend turned into a whole shit oh, show. I'll, so. I'll go with you. Okay, I, yeah, I let's, watch let's do that. So, but TK was like, unless you're going to talk about it on the show, um, he's like, I think it's passable. And I'm like, because oh, no. I'm like, well, do you know? Then he said they loved it, but he wants a more Lord of the Rings style D and D, not a. He's like, it was just too jokey for me. And I'm like, I think that's kind of the the entry point for the average Joe, like you were saying, like. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, you could always make another Lord of the Rings, I guess, and make it more serious, but I think the comedy is what lends itself to a younger audience to come in and see it. It, it, it does. And well, then for me, yeah. it did, yeah. And how yeah. many post-credit scenes? You said there's a good one? Uh, I, there was one. I only stayed for one. There could have been a second one. I guess I looked that up. But they, <laughs> they have one one funny one. Like, you know, it's good. So I de- but I definitely read it. If you're, especially if you're a fan, go watch it. If you're, Even if you're not, Denny will attest to it. It To me, it was funny. I won't oversell it, but I was laughing out loud. Perfect. Good. And uh, we got our D&D game coming up uh, on Thursday, so should be uh, yeah. right back in the Don't bay. My I'm, I'm going to use the dragon head, and we're going to put snacks in it. Uh, excellent. Roll my dice in it. Yeah, so as far as um, what I've been watching, um, I've been just trying to catch up on some backlog stuff. Um, Deandra and I usually, when we're trying to think of a movie, what we did uh, the other day was, um, so that we have like we have Disney, Hulu Plus, um uh, Netflix, all of them. So what we do is like she picks a movie on one streaming platform. I pick the other. I pick the other, and then we we put them into a we put them into a roulette, and then we spin the wheel to see who wins. What? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. A real roulette, or no, like a, a, like an app. An app. Like, we oh. put them on a wheel and then spin it. And, yeah, it's not bad, but I think I know if I'm not mistaken, it was on Paramount Plus. I just watched. Uh, we ended up watching The Quiet Place, which came out in 2018. The the synopsis is. In a post-apocalyptic world, a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from monsters with ultra-sensitive hearing. Um, I've been wanting to see this because I know there's a number two out that's done really well. And if I remember hearing correctly, they're making a third one. I think so, I don't yeah. think they've said what it is. And I think one of the speculations is that it's a prequel of the day when everything arrived. So you're going to look at it from different perspectives of when the creatures came. The quieter place? <laughs> the quietest I've only seen place. one, and I, it's a good film. I, I haven't seen two. Yeah, it was really it was really cool. But I remember I told you to watch the trailer with that girl. Yeah. Uh, 
Deandra, we were sitting there watching it, and she goes, she looks like the girl version of Dustin from Stranger Things. Oh, wow. <laughs> I couldn't unsee it after that, but the movie was great. Um, it's obviously John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. With that beard, too. He looks, too, yeah, he looks beard. He's a very handsome fellow. And when I was looking at the cast, the cast only has seven people in it. Um, it's pretty. I have some issues with it. There's certain spots where I'm like, like the whole, and it's in the trailer, the whole birthing scene doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't get how... A, how fast that would be and how quiet she could possibly be. But the other thing is these monsters, they when they show up in the house, if they can't see and they're going off a of sound, what are, are they going through the doors? Or why aren't they just like barreling through? Like, why aren't they busting through these walls? Maybe they have echolocation like a dolphin. Yeah, but then they'd be seeing all the other people. Oh, I don't know. That. <laughs> so I got to watch number two and see if they kind of explain any more of that. But for what it was, I thought it was um, a really great movie. Um, as far as what I've been playing, I started playing... Chained Echoes. It came out on December 8th of last year of 2022. Uh, developed by Matthias Linda and published by Deck 13. Now I was trying to figure out, I'm like, what is Matthias Linda? I've never heard of this developer. It's actually just one guy. Oh, shit. One dude. It's the dude's name. <laughs> <That's> his name. <laughs> yeah, it's his name. And he actually made this whole thing. And um, it's it's definitely got these like 16-bit visual styles. It says he was pulling from like his games that he loved as a kid, Final Fantasy VI. Uh, Breath of Fire, Suikoden 2, Secret of Mana. Uh-huh. It's it's awesome. It's definitely more mature. Like, the language that they use is definitely... Like, there's people that are getting, like, killed. This one dude gets his eye and his arm, like, cut off. And, like, so it's a very mature type of game. Yeah, it's not. It's very Japanese RPG turn-based. It's got a couple of cool things. It's got these... Instead of, like, leveling up and grinding out gears, when you beat certain spots, that you get a point, and that point kind of represents your level, and you can plug in other skill points... It's got this system where it's like this overdrive bar. So uh, the more you do damage, it's like a yellow, green, red. The more you do damage, you want to stay in the green. And if you hit the red, like, they do more damage to you. Isn't that like Octopath Traveler? Um, no, Octopath Traveler has like a break system. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no, no. I, it was another game I was playing. But the same <laughs> no, thing. I, maybe no, no. Maybe I started it. Does it have air machines? In the beginning? Yeah, yeah. It does. Like you're flying in like... Yeah, oh, okay. okay. I started it. actually... Okay, it is that game. That game is sick. I only just played the first like two hours. Yeah. It was totally Yeah, it's, it's nice. So I've, I've been I've been craving like a, like an RPG like that and it definitely fits the bill. Um, yeah, it's got a cool concept cool. where you can link these characters together to where yeah. um, once they start fighting each other, like you can swap them out and that'll help lower your overdrive bar. But essentially you have access to all your characters. So now it's like... Okay, who do I want to pair up my fighter and my healer? That's right where yeah. I had stopped doing it. And I don't know why. I think a game came out or something. And that's right where I got to. So I, I need to plug back in as soon as I beat this. Right, yeah. Because I because I put Resident Evil 4 on the back burner. For now, I definitely will get to it. But it just wasn't... It wasn't Did what I was... not start it? Yeah. But it just wasn't in the mood what I wanted to play. I didn't want to play like a shooter. Like, I wanted an RPG mm-hmm. type game that I can listen to. Like a nice <laughs> little podcast. So... Um, I highly recommend it. It's on the Game Pass. So Yeah, because I'm trying to beat... Uh, Nino Kuni probably take me another week. Cause I, as soon as Star Wars comes out, that's it. Like, that's exactly. Now we have be, a good two weeks until yeah, it comes out. Yeah, that'll probably take me through May. And hopefully I beat it sooner. But then as soon as June comes, it's I'll be Diabloing through Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I will not see you. Yeah, again. I'll be I'll be on that for probably a minute. For a hot... We like hot more than one minute. Maybe even one hour. So, uh, that is what I've been playing, guys. Leave down in the comments below what you've been watching, what you've been playing. Let us know, and we can try to check that out. So, uh, with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into our main topic. And clearly, that is going to be the Super Mario Bros. movie. It is now out. It launched, um, came out on April 5th to kind of some mixed reviews, surprisingly. I thought this game thing was going to come out and be uh, an instant success for everybody. But looking at some of the 
the scores, IMDb is giving it a 7.4 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, surprisingly, gave this a 56% right now. So before we dive into um, the movie, I just kind of want to ask you real quick. And again, possible spoilers. We will talk about the movie. We'll do our best not to go out of our way to ruin anything. But if we want to talk about the movie, we want to bring up what it's about. Um, but, you know, shameless plug, I did do an out-of-the-theater review if you guys want to watch that at all on the channel. But so I just want to ask you, did you, you know, we'll, we'll pick apart the movie in a second, but where do you think this thing lands? If Rotten Tomatoes is giving it a 56, IMDb is a 7.4, are you ranking it anywhere near that? Or do you think no. it's somewhere in the 8, 9, 10 category? No, because if you look at the, on IMDb, the fans, mm -hmm. it's like 90 something percent. I'm definitely on that side, man. When I came out of the theater, I looked at, because there was a part where I had a little teardrop, dude, when there's a certain part where the music starts just going, dude, where I actually like, it just totally took me for all it's worth. <laughs> I looked at Bob, my dude, for me, this is going to be a 10 out of 10. I got to rewatch it. But this just set the bar for me for what a video game movie should be, at least on the animated side. I'll watch it again and, and I'll come back to that. But I looked at my like, dude, this just set the bar for a lot of video game things moving forward. And right now I stand by it. Yeah, I'd argue that for me, the minimum I would put it at is an 8.5. I'd give it I an mean, 11. But yeah. I, <laughs> I thought it was great. So I'm not sure where the, a lot of people are talking about how the story isn't that great. And we'll get to that in a second. But um, I thought the movie was great. And uh, yeah, it definitely, I think, is at least an 8.5, if not higher. So uh, with that being said, before we dive into the movie, I just wanted to point out that, that it did very, very well. It actually very broke well. several um, different records, and it and it did. Um, uh, let me pull up its box office thing here. So yeah, it did some good, did some good, uh, some good money. So in its opening week, it did um, one hundred and forty-six point three million. Its domestic so far is at two hundred and four point six million. International is at one hundred seventy point nine million. And then worldwide, it's sitting at 375.5 mil. Now, um, to point out what it did, it did a couple of things that are uh, uh, record-breaking, if you want to say this. So, so far, it is the biggest opening of 2023, which just surpassed Ant-Man 3. It's the biggest um, Wednesday through Sunday opening of all time. We do got to put a small asterisk on that because, generally speaking, movies don't open up on a Wednesday. They open up on um, Friday through Sunday, and then their midnight release is Thursday. But if I'm not mistaken, that last Friday, it was Good Friday. So what they did is they moved it from Friday to Thursday, and when that happened, its midnight release became Wednesday. So uh, that is why it's it's got a five-day um, or five-day opening where there's other movies that have done that. Not a lot, but as of right time. now, out of all of them, Mario's the one that's, that's the best of all time. Um, it's the biggest opening for Illumination, who are the ones that do... The animation for that and it passed minions which was the previous um, record holder at 115 million that's what they beat where there's is uh, 246 it's the second biggest animated film opening of all time only behind incredibles 2 which is at 183 million which is weird i wouldn't think that it would have been incredibles 2 i would have thought it would have been like a toy story and then it's interesting the final thing is it's the biggest video game adaptation opening of all time so this thing did really well so it's surprising that it's not being universally loved but i don't know you're seeing everything that it broke um i don't know did anything stand out to you is anything kind of interesting you think it's well deserved i think it's well deserved it's interesting like you said the 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 um incredibles 2 i would have thought it was a toy story thing and then it it passing minions for the for the biggest three-day opener um, for, for the studio for established things but dude when i 
went to the theater, man, there were kids decked out in Mario gear. I mean, you can, you're coming with people from nostalgia that wanted to do it. I mean, I can totally see why. Because you have little kid. It's only little kid movie out right now. Even next weekend, there's no animated movies that are coming out. So this is going to be the movie uh, for kids right now. And then you have every single adult who grew up playing these games like us coming. So I can totally see where the numbers come from. Yeah, I, I think it's super impressive. And I, I think a lot of people knew this movie was going to be super big. Impressive? Super Mario impressive. I think a lot of people knew it was going to be big. I don't think anybody kind of realized it was going to be as big as it's done. So uh, kudos to them. So uh, with that being out of the way, let's get into just kind of talk about the movie a little bit. Because, and again, spoilers if you don't want to hear any of this or you consider any of this to be uh, a little spoily. But I want to start with the, the performances. And again, a lot of people were having issues with Chris Pratt, Mario, and how they were kind of little. They weren't showing that much in the trailers. And when the stuff you did here, was it reminiscent of the Mario that you know from the games, the Charles Martinet kind of voice? And again, they like I said in the um, Fresh Out of the Theater, they addressed that. And I think they addressed it. they did it on purpose. Yeah, I think they, they did it awesomely. The way they hit it. So um, I thought I thought he actually ended up doing a great job as Mario. Uh, what did you think about the voice and all that stuff and actually how it was explained? Oh, I thought it was done. The only way they could have explained it was, yeah. uh, for me, that was perfect. And then by the time you're... 20 minutes in the movie, you don't care anyway. Like, I wasn't even worried about the voice. I was just, you're so busy looking at every single thing else that's happening on the screen, all the Easter eggs that are popping up, all the color, the music, dude. So, I don't know. They explained the the original voice stuff perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah, they kind of, they show that it's, it's in the trailer, like they do this little commercial for their plumbing business, and it's the characters that they portray. You know, they're, yeah. they're versions of when they play Mario and Luigi, you have those voices. But then outside, you know, they're just regular guys from Brooklyn. So, um, and I gotta say, DK, I think, had a strong performance with Seth Rogen. Oh, he's I wasn't so sure, yeah, I wasn't sure how much he was actually gonna be in it, or how much, you know, Kong Island, Kong Jungle was gonna be in it. But he had a great part. It, at the end, when him and Mario were kind of like teaming up, and that whole kind of dynamic, back was, that chemistry forth, was excellent. Yeah, yeah, not, you know, not getting along, getting along. Dude, when he, there's a little part where he, him and Mario are going at it, but something happens, and he just, his big monkey face, <laughs> like that Seth Rogen laugh was just iconic. I, he was the best part of the movie for me. And I think, um, hands down, Bowser steals the show. Um, he stole every trailer that I saw. But Jack Black's performance as Bowser was easily, um, not only sometimes the funniest, but it, it just some of the coolest scenes. Like when he's sitting there uh, playing his piano. Oh, dude, he's playing here, it. come sit with me. Yeah. And they go, and he's all talking about it. It's, dude, it was perfect. And then, he, yeah, but then when he kind of turns into a goofball because he's in love with Princess Peach and, uh, you know, he kind of wants to get here to marry him. Like, he just played two different versions of Bowser. Uh-huh. I thought, um, the, the King of Koopas. Yeah, is it more of like, what is that? Like a sociopath where he's just switching back and forth or something like that? Or, you know, he they did it very well. It's two very different sides of Bowser, which is kind of cool to see. Uh, so anybody, any other performances that you thought kind of... I thought those three for me were the strongest, but was there anybody else you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I was going to say if I'm nitpicking and I'm looking for <laughs> stuff to kind of crack down on, the voices I thought I wasn't going to like, like Charlie Day loved the, the only thing i kind of if i have to pick had an issue with was uh was cranky kong's voice i just don't think it quite mm-hmm. matched where i think everybody else is after watching the movie i really enjoyed but his is just kind of like eh, and that that's really just trying to find something i didn't like with it so nice right, so um with that let's get into the story because this is what a lot of people i guess are having the issue with and they're saying it's a little lackluster but at the same point i'm like 
what did you think the story was going to be based on? Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to base it off the video game, it's, I mean, unless you're talking like the RPG Marios, it's essentially save the princess. That's what the concept is. And in this one, they don't even know, they don't really even do that. It's more, they kind of switch it to where it's now let's save Luigi, let's save my brother. I got to go get him. And then now let's save Mushroom Kingdom because the Iceland's already been decimated. So I, don't, I wasn't sure how, how much of a story did you really want. I mean, if you go to an Alvin and the Chipmunk animated movie, I'm sure the story plot is that they have to sing and to save something. So I, I, I guess I, I'm on the other side of the fence where I thought the story was was fine. It was not only did he have to go save his brother and you get to see that side of the castle, but he also has to stop Bowser from trying to kidnap Peach like he always does to get him to marry her and then save the Mushroom Kingdom from being decimated. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I have no idea. Like I almost want to go back and watch an, an interview and see what the hell they're talking about because to me it. it it's a tight movie. It's an hour and a half. I think yeah. they, they showed a lot. They did a lot. He, dude, saves his brother. He saves the Mushroom Kingdom. And it's an also him of, like, um, like self, um, making him, like, reassuring himself because he's, his family's calling him a failure with the business and all this kind of stuff. And then he's thinking he's not worth it. And at the end, he comes together, does all this stuff, becomes an actual hero, and then he's celebrated for it. Like, so, you know, you are worth it. And it, it all comes together. So, to me, it's like, dude, it hit like three different points. Yeah. It set up the the universe really, really well. I, I don't know what to talk about with, with no story. There's there's emotional things in there, and that's what drove it for yeah, me. I, so I, I don't know. I'm on the other side of the fence, too. I don't really know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, if you do think it's weak, I mean, it's definitely not one note. I mean, like, weak, like, but it's, like, it's, 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 like, it's, not, it's not flat. It's not movie. one. Like you're saying, there's, there's three different parts that, that they did, and the family stuff... Uh, that was really interesting how they set it up in the beginning that Mario, you know, that they're almost throwing him under the bus for taking Luigi away for all this stuff. So, I don't know. I, th- I thought it had some some powerful moments. Um, is there anything else you about the story you want to you want to bring up? Um, no, because I'm on, I'm on board, board with it. I, I just don't agree that it, there was nothing there. I th- yeah. thought it was plenty. And then the, I just kind of, to end it, I just wanted to point out, like, this thing has a ton of good Easter eggs. A ton of good nostalgia. And a good montage. The montage is awesome. Killer music. Um, one of the things I thought was the funniest is when he wants to go see Peach. And then the two little toad guards are just like, oh, sorry. Your, your princess is in another castle. It's just little things like that that just was like, dude, this is awesome. That would make you know anybody from your grandparents to your children and, and you know and you all fall in love with it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Was there anything that caught your eye? Little perks. Well, I just like when he gets the mushroom and they have little wax where he gets hit. Oh, yeah, when you lose it. And he's starting to get a little bit little bit better. When As soon as he sticks his hands out as he's running, I'm like, yes, dude. Like, the little stuff like that they paid perfect attention to. To where even if you think the movie is a little weak on story, there's so much throwback for people to just thoroughly enjoy. Not that that's an excuse. Because I don't think there was a bad story anyway, but there's tons of that stuff in there. Yeah, and I did want to point out, um, and I don't know if you knew this, um, this, there's a song in the movie that Jack Black does called Peaches, which is hilarious. And it's, it's like this ode to Princess Peach. Um, I guess it just, it's it's not getting, it hasn't been submitted yet to get one of the, the spots, but it's, it's, it's possible that it can be nominated for Best Original Song. For the Oscar, oh, you got that. I got it right nice. There. So, what, what did you I think just, about I that? I just read it today when I was at work. No, I think that was awesome. It's Jack Black doing an original work. It's that good too. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, totally. I, I hope it wins. And it's a song that's actually in the movie. I was listening to some other podcasts, and they're like, you know, usually these songs that always win. It's the song that plays Ballad at the end of the, at the uh-huh. credits. He's like, no, this one's this actually integrated him. into it. And it's Jack Black. Of course, he knew he was going to sing. Oh, dude, that was probably some of the, the best stuff, man. Him and that piano work was good. And then the last thing I wanted to ask before we move on is, um. Obviously, they're going to make a number two, right? There's there's an Easter egg at the end, literally pun intended. And but do you think they're going to explore the rest of the world? Like, do 
a Zelda or at least maybe do a Donkey Kong or maybe a Metroid or something like that? Do you think they'll explore that? Or do you think they'll stick to Mario 1, 2, 3, 4? Um, it's hard to tell. I think they'll be connected in some way. But it's just super hard to tell. I hope they explore it because that's going to have more people coming in, more people talking about it. They have all the tools to do it. So Dude, I, think, I hope it goes there. I think a Samus Star Fox movie yeah. would, be, would be dope. Or something's coming in their world and they you know, they ask Mario for help, the Mushroom Kingdom, because they heard about this great hero and you see it kind of combined. There's a million ways they could do it. I think they have to include other M Nintendo properties because why not? So yeah, you I think, think it'll do it. I just don't know in what capacity. You think eventually it'll culminate to be a Smash Brothers movie? Because I know that's what everyone's thinking. That a lot, a lot of people are always like, where's the Smash Brother movie? And, you know, you start making these other ones from these other universes. And then whatever comes to try to put them all in, I think that'd yeah. be gnarly. Dude, sky's the limit with that, man. <laughs> they have everything on there. Nice. So um, that's pretty much what we wanted to say about the Mario movie. Definitely go check it out. I don't think we spoiled really no. anything for you guys. But uh, definitely check it out. And this thing, I mean, it broke records and I think well deserved. So is there anything else on the Mario movie you want to touch on? Uh, no, I loved it, man. Go see it. It's well worth the money. It deserves it. So I'm, I'll am watch it again. I think I want to go back with... Uh, I don't think Denny's seen it. So Nice. All right. So the second um, main topic, we're going to stick with video game movies, and that is the Tetris movie just came out, and that came out on March 31st, 2023. It's an Apple TV Plus. Um, I believe it's an original from them. It's definitely on their um, app. Um, unlike the Mario movie, this movie got some fairly higher um, critic reviews. 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, a 61 on Metacritic, 7.4 out of 10 out of IMDb. Um, the synopsis for this, if you haven't heard of it or you're not familiar with it, is Hank Rogers discovers Tetris in 1988 and then risks everything by traveling to the Soviet Union where he joins forces with inventor Alexei Pajitinov to bring the game to the masses now um it's an awesome story but it's very embellished and they they definitely take things and and kind of go over the top so i just wanted to read this real quick and uh this is kind of what they said about it when they were talked uh asked about when they were making the movie it says uh the real hank rogers and alexei pajitnov uh reviewed the script and Rogers said much of it was embellished. It's a Hollywood script. It's a movie. It's not about history. So a lot of what's in the movie never happened. But the filmmakers asked us a bunch of questions about what it was really like. They tried their best to accept our changes when they when they had to, uh, when they had to do with authenticity. But when it started getting into creative flourishes like the car chase and all that, it was like okay, now it's all them. We couldn't change anything. So <laughs> that's fu funny. He says says that because that's as soon as that happened, that was the first time I was like, okay, this has to not be one hundred percent correct. That that last fifteen minutes, I was like, this has to be kind of the embellishment. Of yeah, it. I thought the movie it's very dramatic. It's very it well done too. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing. It, it doesn't come off as low budget. Like it's uh, not, even though it's it a straight to to streaming and service, it shouldn't be man. Yeah, it's. I thought it was. I thought it was really um, very well done. Um, but yeah, you could definitely tell like this plot line, it's almost like if you were, if they weren't talking about Tetris and they were talking about like nuclear codes out of the USSR, I felt like this could have been a mission impossible movie. And so what do you think about how, how, uh, how they did it and all that and, and this version of the story? Um, well, it's interesting cause we, I've, we've watched Tetris on play value. The recap on this is a name I've never heard of is this guy. So it was kind of yeah, interesting. The guy that Taron Edgerton plays Hank uh -huh. Rogers. And I liked at the end, it showed uh, the real picture of them too. And then he actually came over. So I was like, okay, cool. So this is a real dude. Cause I thought he was made up. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so I was really enjoyed that there was some new history of Tetris. I just hadn't, um, gotten to see or hear before I was 
incredibly surprised with how well it was acted. I'm very disappointed it went straight to Apple TV because uh, Taron Edgerton, this might be some of his best work, dude. I could not stop just seeing how much he just resembled Leonardo DiCaprio to me, which is my favorite actor. So I this is a movie where I think he really showed his chops. But yeah. um, I thought the movie was extremely well done. Like I said, it kind of got a little fabricated to me at the end. But it made but, it all the better. But it made it all the better because at the end I was like, well, what's, what's going to happen? You know, this and that. So um, I just really wish it went out in theaters. I wish more people at least get to see it. Yeah, because that's the thing. You got to remember Russia at that time, man. It was scary. Oh, scary dude, it stuff. made Russia like you, you reminded what the what the uh, Iron Curtain was and all that <laughs> kind of stuff, dude. But yeah, this, uh, go back to Taron Edgerton. His ability to just to sell astonishment, like when he looks at the Game Boy for the first time, for the first man. time, man. He made me be like, I was like, whoo. <laughs> yeah, I followed his lead, man. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of other great actors. Obviously, Toby Jones is a bigger name who plays Robert Stein. Um, the dude that played um, Kevin Maxwell, Anthony I like Boyle, him too. He, he, he kind of reminded me of too. Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. He reminded me of uh, of um, the bro- the main brother that Rob Stark. Uh-huh. He kind of had vibes of him. Um, the the guy that kept interviewing um, Olog Stefan, who played Nikolai Belikov. All of them were just solid, solid acting, solid performances. That uh, who was the dad? Uh, Ma- Max Ma- Maxwell, the billionaire dude. Um, who played? Let me see if I can pull him up. Oh, that's good. He, th- that guy who who played him, I I really enjoyed too. Like I said, it was good, good stuff. And I like the the history with the the Henrik guy. He was like born in uh, Netherlands, you know, moved over to here, and then he fell in love with his uh, Japanese wife in Hawaii, and he had moved over there and had three kids. So it was just like him having those certain connections, and you know, Japan and in the games and stuff like that. It was able for him to be able to go. And make some deals. It was just very cool intricacy of what it was like back then trying to promote games, make games. Uh, one when you saw a hit or knew what a hit was, uh, dude. All the side hustling going on because I mean, tons of they, side all these dude. weird deals and all this stuff. So the guy that plays him is uh, Roger Allen. Roger Allen. He plays Robert Maxwell, the, the the billionaire tycoon guy. Yeah, uh, so, solid yeah, stuff, I man. It, man, and I hate when we always come in here. I, I don't really trash movies too much. I enjoy movies what they were, but this one I thought was. Really, really good to, to watch, man. Yeah. I, I I can't knock it. Yeah. So if you're if you're interested in, in the Tetris story, um, definitely check it out. It's on Apple. I'm, I'm, I'm sure salt, I'm sure you can buy it on VOD on other platforms. But I mean, it's not really much more to stay. I mean, it, it does a it does a fucking Mission Impossible style story of the Tetris uh, scenario, getting to all these other places in the world. You get to see a lot of um, backstabbing, a lot of conniving, a lot of these behind the behind the curtain shake hand deals and stuff like that. So it, it was almost like this kind of this espionage type uh-huh. movie so it's got a lot of thrill and it's got a lot of like edgy your seat kind of stuff and it, 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 for a movie that's called Tetris it's almost it didn't deserve that and it, and it did and it was awesome yeah so. and they, they kind of throw out some um, some of the scenes they transition to it'll be pixelated like yeah. game stuff uh, you know chapter one or whatever so what'd you like better the Mario movie or the Tetris movie um, they're two very different type of movies but there was more in Mario that I like to see but dude um I like seeing an actor's best performance, in my opinion. And Tetris had Taron Edgerton's for me, anyway. So um, he's definitely close, be up and coming. Close call. Nice. So I don't know as much to say about that, guys. If you have watched any of these two movies, leave down in the comments below your um, thoughts on them. Let us know what you think. So uh, with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into questions of the week. Now, guys, if you want to submit a question that we can answer on the show, you can do so a couple of different ways. You can leave the question down below in the YouTube comment section. I can grab it there. You can email us at lastcallproductions at gmail.com or you can find me on social media at Craig Perales and I can take it there. So <laughs> we only grabbed two uh, questions this week. Normally we do three, but uh, you know we're a little behind, so I want to make sure we can try to get this episode as tight as we can. So the first question 
comes from uh, Jackie Wright, and they say, uh, just saw the Blue Beetle trailer, and I think it looks pretty cool. Do you think he will have a big role in the future DC movies? So that's the interesting point, because if you look at what they just did with, um, obviously, Black Adam and the new Shazam movie, those were pretty big flops, and there was a lot of contro controversy going around them that... You know, they added back in Henry Cavill's um, Superman and Black Adam. That The Rock had a lot of um, push of not putting Black Adam into the Shazam movie. So there's already there's already some nonsense going around with the latest DC movies. And the other thing you got to keep in mind is James Gunn, now that he's the head honcho over there, they're kind of resetting the DC universe. And that's going to happen in 2025 when he writes and directs the, the first movie that's going to spawn which is a Superman legacy. So it's hard to say where does Blue Beetle fit in. I think a lot of questions are going to be hopefully answered when we watch The Flash. Once The Flash kind of explains what's going on with all these different dimensions and things like that, yep. I think we'll have a better answer of where um, uh, Blue Beetle is going to fit in. But as of right now, watching the trailer, um, I you know they're not really showing off any other characters, so it's safe to say he isn't his... His, you know, his uh, enemies and things like that. I don't yeah. think you're going to be seeing a Batman or a Flash, but I thought the trailer looked looked pretty cool, and I like um, that they're going with uh, Jaime Reyes because I know there's three other Blue Beetles, and um, I know a while back they were going to do one where it was the Ted Cord Blue Beetle, and they were going to do the uh, the Buddy Cop with uh, Booster Gold. So uh. I'm kind of glad that got scrapped in in terms for more of this one. Um, so I don't know, what do you think about the trailer? And do you think this Blue Beetle, this this incarnation of Blue Beetle, do you think he has a future at DC or is this a one and done? No, I like I like the actor. Uh, he's Cobra Kai kid. I think he's awesome. The the trailer, the first time I watched it, I didn't care for it. We watched it again two, three times. I actually did start enjoying it. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I do appreciate the setting and stuff like that. Just the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. Um, but I think when you make a movie about Blue Beetle, obviously you want him to be a big part of the standalone, or he would just be a cameo in someone else's movie. But like Shazam and all and all that stuff, I think it's going to be based on how well the reception is. So if this movie does what they hope it does, then yeah, I think he's absolutely going to have a bigger part in the DC. The Blue Beetle's iconic. He's a super powerful character. So if you need somebody who can um, fight the bad guy, like like a he's on a level like cyborg, like kinda. I was say, like a cyborg or something, he is a powerful character to have in the arsenal. So I think if the movie's done right, he'll have a bigger part. If it flops, then you're on to the next version. You know, you cut it out, but. I think they're doing good. I like I said that the character George Lopez is in it, which uh, I'm hit or miss with him, but he was funny in the trailer. He's really funny. I like he's his a look. fascist. I like it. I like I, his hillbilly like. Yeah, look. I thought that was funny. So um, the more I watch the trailer, the more I like it. I think Blue Beetle looked amazing. Yeah. I think the way they they did his powers, it doesn't look cheap. It does look like a like a high budget kind of movie. So I think everyone's there at least in this first trailer. I might be drinking the Kool-Aid, but I think this one we're gonna be safe with. Right. And what the, and one of the things they were saying is, um, and this is before. Um, Zaslav came in and, and changed everything at, at DC and WB, but that this was supposed to be a straight to HBO Max Zaslav. movie, and yeah, the new guy that took over like a Disney villain. <laughs> and so this guy, uh, once he, they, so this movie is going to be straight to streaming, and he's like, no, this movie has potential. Yeah, this movie deserves to go to theaters. So I'm glad that they made that change. And you know, what I'm just looking at Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon's character, her last name is Cord. So maybe she is going to have a tie-in with Ted Cord, oh, and the Blue Beetle go. will um, make reference of that. So that's actually really cool. So, yeah. So to answer your yeah. original question, I think once we see Flash, we'll have a better uh, idea 
of what's going on with DC. So, yeah. But you got to keep in mind, though, they are resetting it. They are going to um, revamp the whole thing. So, you know, only time will tell from there. So thank you for Good question. the question. Great question. The final question comes from uh, Kevin S. And they write, I was reading that a new Harry Potter show is happening. I think that would be awesome. The game was great. Yeah, the, the game did have a lot of good success. And I wanted to point this out. I guess I thought this was fairly real news or recent news, but I guess it's been talked back as far as January 2021 that there was something in the rumblings that was going to be happening. So um, HBO is going to be doing this. And the concept so far is that it's going to be seven seasons, each season tied into um, one of the books. And I think they're going to be like all guaranteed like eight episodes, eight episodes a piece. So, Juno, uh, you're the one that got me into Harry Potter as a kid. What are your thoughts on a reboot as a TV show? Uh, well, there's there's good or and a bad. series, I yeah. Should say. So obviously, more Harry Potter for me is is means more Harry Potter for you. Means <laughs> Harry Potter for you. The 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 game was excellent, but we're talking about the revamping the original books. It's going to be positive because now instead of we get movies that are kind of crammed down and, and you know done into a very Skipping tight space, over things. we have eight to ten episodes to kind of flush out these books. So my biggest, my first question is like, oh, do you think they're going to add um, the Sphinx and, and all the kind of stuff that we missed? That could be one potential, but I think the thing that's going to be working against it is how freaking famous Daniel Radcliffe is, how freaking famous Ray Fiennes is. So when you see new actors coming on like are they got to be top notch and we have to gravitate to them quick or people are going to be like eh, it's not daniel radcliffe it's not you know fucking granger and all that kind of stuff yeah so uh, the answer to the question more for me is better especially if it's flushed out and done right um yeah but they're gonna have a big task against going up the original people who yeah it's weird because in my head i keep thinking harry potter was was recent like it's too soon to do a reboot oh, it's dude. like 20 years it's like yeah. over 20 years old by now so they're all 30 I, yeah <laughs> they can all play their each other's parents and stuff so um i think it's an awesome idea i think reboot the shit out of this thing and um i think once and this is hbo you know this isn't netflix doing it you know we just saw what they did with last of us and especially using two different characters that don't look like people from the game so I, they have this ability to grab so even if these characters don't look like daniel radcliffe and stuff like that i think they're going to be able to nail that aesthetic and i'm looking and just like you i'm looking at these episodes could be very big um exploration of like all the stuff we missed in the movies all these flashbacks i'm hoping for full episodes of like the parents and them making the martyrs map and things like that so but i i want to ask you this who do you think are, are going to be the hardest to cast do you think it'll be harry hermione and ron or do you think it'll be dumbledore snape and voldemort uh, so I pick out of those or what team? What team? Like who do you think be Harry Hermione? Uh, that people are gonna have the harder time to accept. Yeah, because Dumbledore's already been recasted and it was fine. And he's he's they're the biggest part of the movie. These are the faces you're gonna see all the time. So it's gonna have to be them. But for me personally, it was gonna be uh just Radcliffe and Snape, just because everybody loved uh you know Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah. But you know Dumbledore's been recast. It can happen. They got a better person in my opinion to do it. So I don't think that'll be the tough part. The big three are, are, you know, they're going to have to work or it's not going to work at all. Yeah, because Dumbledore, you had a guy behind a beard. Snape will be the hard one. And then and then Voldemort's going to be CGI, I, I'd imagine. But, uh, dude, I want to see more of him and more of the episode. Sirius Black's going to be cool oh, yeah. to see. Go, flashback, and actually seen you know, an episode just on a whole fighting thing, dueling and stuff. Something they don't have to shorten down because they're in a movie. So they got options. I just think, yeah, the th big three have to work or it doesn't work. Do you think any of it will be... Do you think it'll be new canon? Do you think they'll try to stay... Do you, think they'll add, do you think they'll take the liberties and either add or maybe 
take away from anything that's from the books, kind of how Last of Us is or has done it with the game, and make like a whole new series that has potential to spin off. So where where the movies have to stay in line with um, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, this new series we could have a whole new spin off that has yeah. nothing to do with Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, and then we can go, oh cool, now let's. Let's explore this new villain or something like that. Ooh, it's a good point. I hope so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't watch any of the fantastic things. And I, don't, I don't think I'm going yeah. to. So you're not missing anything. I'm yeah. not a fan of them, and I'm a big Harry Potter fan. But those just, eh, I don't care about that stuff. So if you can spin off into something cool, then yeah, let's go for it. Excelente. So um, thank you for the question, and definitely, guys, leave your answers down below of what you think of a Harry Potter. Uh, series officially in the work. So, guys, that is the end of episode 165. Join us later in the week for episode 166. So, my name is Craig Prowlis, guys. This is Gino Prowlis, and until next time, guys, cheers. Cheers.